Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Massachusetts, Beantown, USA, Thursday, October 13th, and I am connected to Las Vegas with the one and only owner of the Sugar Shack Boston, Mr. Rudy Garino. Rudy, let's start the show off right. How are you? <laughs> That's right. I thought I was late. I'm three minutes late. I guess you mean both. <laughs> Yes, we both started three minutes late. Yeah, well, yeah. Tom, we got up. I hope we got That's some right. good news from your friends. It sounds like it, Rudy. I'm very happy. I was, uh, we, we can't say too much on the air, but we uh, we had a little 
roadblock, shall we say? And uh, it was I, I, Moody. I got to tell you, I have learned so much uh, in this year and a few months that we've been on the air together. And uh, you know, I knew obviously it was clear that your negotiating skills were. Uh, exemplary, to say the least, about the kind of people that you were able to entice not only to come to the shack in the first place and then to return when they became huge stars and certainly were being compensated the kind of money that would make it a stadium or a coliseum or a concert hall. But uh, this was, I don't know, in the deal you pulled off this week, uh, how did it rank in some of the... Some of the contracts you were able to negotiate. <laughs> well, it was just a normal, normal thing. Believe me when I tell you, when you when you're used to them, uh, they come natural to you. You know that's why I was trying to get a crack at them yeah, because they come natural because they're used to it after all these years, twenty-two years of uh, negotiating contracts, and you know the agents were the hardest guys to deal with because they wanted to squeeze the living daylights out of you. They yeah, didn't exactly. care about uh, keeping the club alive. Their only goal is to tell the agent, look, uh, the artist, look, I got you more money. Look, I got you this, right. I got you that. You know? They don't say, look, right. I got you a job. <laughs> Right, 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 right. And and not only that, they uh, of course the higher the price, the better the commission for them. Yeah, right. They get a bigger commission, and uh, they're looking good. Well, well unfortunately, I, I, go ahead. We were able, we were able to deal with them. I got I got a, I got an early start because I got a I got a, a boxing lesson from a couple of them at the beginning. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, uh, well, I, I was very impressed and found it highly amusing and uh, certainly educational. I was uh, a salesman, sales manager for years and negotiated a lot of contracts. That was one of the slickest uh, presentations. And, you know, you're right. It, uh, you, you know, second nature because it came from common sense. I mean, you were just making absolute common sense that the only way to negotiate is to make it attractive and beneficial for both parties and uh, not to uh, not to spoil it. I, you know, it's kind of interesting. I saw, I rewatched Bugsy, the movie about uh, uh, Bugsy Siegel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, great movie. You must have seen it. Oh, yeah, I like Bugsy. He was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, and of course he didn't, in, in the movie, made it quite clear he didn't want anybody calling him that. But, uh, yeah, that. boy, you know, one thing, yeah, one thing I learned from that movie was that uh, once he got the vision, once he saw that he wanted to build the Flamingo and start Las Vegas, started as a city, as a destination place, he wouldn't let go of that vision, and all his partners kept telling him, you're crazy, you know, uh, what's the budget on this thing? And he kept yelling, don't worry about it. <laughs> and, of course, the budget went from $1 million to $2 million, and eventually, when it got through, it was about $6 million. Well, 
his partners uh, were impatient. They couldn't see the vision. And uh, Maya Lansky, there was a scene where they all went to Cuba to have a meeting. And Maya Lansky said to them, you got to understand something about Bugsy. Bugsy don't care about the money for him personally. Buggy cares about the project. He wants to get the project done. He's got a vision. He's got a dream. He's a dreamer. And the irony was they killed him because they were mad at him for the $6 million. And they said, I think they were showing in the credits at the end of it, that 10 years later, the profits on that thing were $10 billion. <laughs> so the $6 million was a, dro a drop in the bucket. Well, I think they got uh, sidetracked with uh, Virginia Hill uh, right. back in their banks for $2 million. Right. They figured they got taken. That's one thing those right. wise guys never to do is be taken. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah you're right. That becomes the principle rather than the amount. Yep. Right. right. Uh, that overshadows everything because it becomes the principle. Yeah, the principal exactly. thing and situation. Yeah, I know how those yeah. guys work. They, it's like an insult to them, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and you so know, Bugsy that, turned out. Bugsy turned out to be right, didn't he? Oh yeah. Well, listen, a lot <laughs> of a lot of people uh, thought Vegas would go under when uh, the corporations took it over, but. I didn't think uh, the way they the way they stopped all the perks and everything that the that the good old boys or the good fellows used to do, you know, out here. And uh, you had to witness it because I did. I came out in '59, and you couldn't pay for a thing as long as you gambled. Not the right. airplane, zoo, bus fares. However you came, you went back the same way if you went broke. <laughs> well, it was a great business model, you know. It, it, uh, you give it away. The, yeah. It's given away up front and then collected on the back end. Right, right, right. And uh, they always had... Uh, it was a remarkable thing what they did, you know, and... Uh, Along came the corporations, and I guess they couldn't destroy it because all the mistakes right. they made, they were able to overcome it with the gambling win. And they yep. sure make a lot of mistakes, the big corporations. Oh, they're the worst. We, uh, I used to entertain up at the uh, Balsams uh, that was called the Switzerland of America, a beautiful hotel on the Canadian border up in Dixville Notch. It was the first place that voted every, I think it still is, even though the hotel is not operating at full uh, capacity right now. Um, but the place just had a charm. It was run by people who cared about, number one, who always put the client first. And and the place uh, place also is a close second, but the money, uh, money was important in order to keep it running, but that wasn't, they didn't cut corners to make a deep profit. And when the corporation came in, they took away, they cut corners like crazy. And all of the good stuff, the, all of the charm uh, went away. And as a result, they lost tons of tons of business and tons of money. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
What are you going to do? It's, uh, it's one of those well, things. They, and, uh, yeah, well, then they got to learn the lesson. And then, of course, then they realized they were wrong. And then they got the hell, they, you know, the, the hotel fired them and went back to, you know, the kind of management they had before. So uh, you're right. Well, they, uh, they, when, you know, when money becomes the most imp- number one thing, they forget about what made the branded the organization. And, you know, you, you know, in all of the conversations that we've had about the Sugar Shack, you know, it was everybody that calls in said, <laughs> you, you had a model that was not dissimilar from the casinos. You, uh, how many people came in through that door every night for free? Oh, there was a, all the regulars. Well, we tried to build up a relationship. If a guy came every day, we know he's not coming to see the show. He's right. coming to hang up in the place. So, uh, so we would respect the customer. You know, I let him in. That was the policy we had. And well, everybody I, we've talked to. Well, everybody we talked to, whether we've had them on the air or I meet them in the street, Everybody comes at, I can't say Sugar Shack without a smile coming on the person's face that hears it. <laughs> and it's true. Sugar and that, well, that night, right, well, the uh, night that we were in the uh, Wang Theater with uh, Gladys Knight and the OJs and Walter Williams, I'll never forget it. it. says, oh, we remember Boston, we remember Cambridge, and, of course, we remember the Sugar Shack and the place, a wave of cheers and yells and hoops and hahs and whistles came through the audience. Uh, that isn't that isn't about. I wish you that. I wish you had to record that. That was a, that would have been a great. Well, that would have been a great day. That snuck up on you. Well, you're going to have your day because we'll probably be showing that film in a big theater downtown. Probably, uh, I don't know if we'll get the Wang, but maybe. Uh, there's a AMC uh, right on the corner of Tremont and Boylston. About uh, you could throw a football from uh, the club to the theater. We'll probably that's probably where we'll do the world premiere. And hey, it'll be Tom, a big night. Me, Tom, let me ask you a question. You know, next to the Sugar Shack, there's a theater there. I can't think of the name of it. Do you know it? Colonial. The Colonial. No, it was, the Colonial was down the street, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, no, there's no movie theater, not in the building, not. Uh, but around the corner, yeah. right across from the Park Street Station, is the AMC. It was a Broadway theater there. They used to open oh, that, up. That was, that's the Colonial. No, 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 that was the Colonial. Yeah, that's, that's the, colonial. the Colonial. Yeah, yeah, because then know what you have is. Yeah, you, they have the Wilbur, the Schubert, uh, and then the Colonial were the three big ones. And then I know, what they've done is, yeah, Emerson bought uh, the one on the corner, and they call it the Majestic now. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I think it was, the Majestic. Oh. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Well, it was either the Colonial or the Majestic. It was a theater right next to the uh, right next to the Sugar Shack. Right alongside. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the Colonial. That's on Boylston. The Majestic is on Tremont, right around the corner. Okay, so it was the Colonial. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, trying to think of the name. 
Right, and I told you I drove I drove Jeremy's Jeremy by there the other day when he was in town. In fact, that's now that I think of it, Rudy, he's going to be here uh, Monday. Uh, yeah, he's going to be here Monday. Again, he's doing that shoot at the uh, one of the comedy clubs here. Oh, that's good that you'll be able to get him. Uh, maybe you can you can take a peek at the stuff if you got it ready by then. Well, I just got an email from. Yeah, I just got an email saying that we'll be once the contract is signed, and that should uh, supposedly I'm going to have that next Tuesday. Uh, the films will be available on a on a website. We could go and just download the films, so we're going to be all set. Oh, all right. I hope everything works out. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I'm going because... to uh, my plans are to fly out uh, here on the 19th. I'm going to San Diego to be with my daughter for her wedding, and then I'm leaving on the uh, 23rd to Sunday to fly over to Vegas, and hopefully Rick Dumont will uh, come in with me. And uh, we're okay. going to plan to spend a few days to look at all the films. What, what day is that that you're coming in? Sunday. It's Sunday? What's, yeah. what's Sunday? What's the, what's the date on 23rd. Sunday? The twenty, the twenty-third. The twenty-third. Yep. Twenty-third. How can I forget the twenty-third? That's when I was born. Oh, January. Oh, oh, January. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. All right, you're coming yeah, in. How so long are you gonna stay? Uh, two or three days, anyway, because we're gonna need a lot of time to look at the films. Okay, two or three days. So. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I can get a yeah, casino yeah, rate for, for about thirty bucks plus tax. Okay, I'll uh, as soon as I know for uh -huh. sure. I mean, I think. Uh, in fact, uh, okay, I'll, I'll send you an email and I'll tell you for sure the dates and how many people. I think okay. be two of us, uh, Rick and I. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, okay, all right, you let me know on that, and then I, I can get that blocked up. All right, yeah. so uh, we got any music today, Tommy? Yes, we do. We got some good music, and, uh, you know, I wish I, this was a busy week for me. Um, you know, a lot of planning and things trying to get, as you know, we were dealing with some high-handed high negotiations, which, <laughs> again, I, I smile when you told me the... Uh, the, the way the conversation was just masterful. Uh, let's play a little uh, spinners. Is that okay? A little uh, could it be? I see. Yeah, let's see what. Need the... one of them. Yeah, let's see if what we so got what? here. Hang on. So strong. 
Hey, Rudy. Rudy. Tom, it seems like today, I can't believe that's 50 years old, close to 50 years old. That's unbelievable. You know. Unbelievable. It's so you know, fresh. I, I'm in the. Oh, unbelievable, Rudy. You know, I just, uh, I, it's been a kind of a rough week. I, I didn't tell you this, but I lost my dad uh, last Saturday, and we had services oh. last night. And, um, yeah. and, uh, we had a fantastic send off. Well, thank you. And it was, I'm so happy for him. He was 93, and, uh, he went fast. He, no, no complications. He wasn't, uh, sick. Uh, no dementia. He's like you, bright as bright as a bulb, um, happy and taking care of himself. And he was getting concerned that, you know, maybe his, uh, he had overstayed. And uh, my mother had died a few years ago. And he, uh, so it was time. It was, uh, he had a lot of chips on the table and he decided to cash them in and not continue to play. He cashed out at the best time. And uh, yeah. I'll tell you, you know, just listening to that song, you know, people talk about the healing power of music. I mean, very just soothing as heck, you know. Um, you know, and, and, and I just remembered, uh, people were saying, I was telling people at the uh, at the service last night that I'm doing this show, and uh, I reminded them that the main reason I got married the first time was because <laughs> I fell in love at the Sugar Shack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. How could how could you how could you not? <laughs> how, could you, how could you not? Is right. That's a good one too, because that you it's unbelievable. That, that music covers just just now put me in a trance. I just to myself. I can't believe Absolutely. this music is still fresh like it. Yeah, I just come I, out. Yep. Yep. Exactly, it, and that's why these guys are still performing and still filling concert halls after all these years. You know, Rudy, when we do this documentary, we could do a documentary about the marriages that came out of the Sugar Shack. <laughs> that's another. Thing. Hey, I heard a good. I heard a good thing, Rudy. Um, somebody told me. My daughter told me she was in town for the services. And she said that she has a friend. She went to Rhode Island School of Design, and uh, one of her friends is just uh, is a singer, a doo-wop singer, whatever. But he's also uh, plays on Broadway, and Broadway is ready to open a musical called uh, uh, Bronx Tale, which was obviously a movie, and which with some great doo-wop music in it, and uh, it also, um, what's his name? Did uh, I was just said his Robert name? Robert De Niro this morning. Yes, well, De Niro and um, and Chaz, yeah, Chaz Palmateri, he did a one man yeah. show. Yeah, he saw it with a. I don't know if he's still doing it. Well, now they're gonna do a musical. See, that's it. We got a musical on and, the on the rock board. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, it's gonna happen. It's gonna be sugar. Oh, I know. Musical. I know. Listen, if we can if we can get a little bankroll, 
We got a festival, we got a musical, and we got a movie. We got everything. Believe me. Yeah. Even if we do ourselves. Yeah, Rudy. Rudy, what what have I been saying all along? I said, and we've seen it demonstrated, oh, no matter what what somebody puts on the tracks, this train is a freight train and ain't gonna stop. <laughs> well, no did. matter what they keep they put there. It just keeps rolling. It keeps rolling, no matter what. I have the faith and the confidence, this thing. And, you know, when when you start to see the success of and the man that we interviewed for this film, you know, we, when you see Frankie Valley sitting there telling you, you know, he's got eight-plus eight years of success with the Jersey Boys, and, you, you know, you know that... Uh, the Motown review, what that did, what Dream Girls did, well now the Bronx Tale, uh, this thing is a is a surefire winner, baby. Yeah, the Bronx Tale was a good uh, good story about the fa- uh, the father and the son, you know. Yeah, exactly, and also about Sonny and the son. And, yeah, because. Uh, uh, the son was impressed with the the good fellow and all that, and uh, and uh, they were uh, he was always arguing about going to work and all that, you know, De Niro. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Speaking of Sonny, did have we mentioned Sonny Page on this show? Did you must have known Sonny, right? Yeah, so uh, you had about it. No, oh, did you have Sonny, yeah. Sonny on the show? No, we had Sonny Lovelace. I'm talking about Sonny Page. Who Sonny Lovelace. Yeah. Right, Sonny yeah, Lovelace. Sonny Page, Sonny Page on Nick's right there on the corner of... Uh, of uh, yeah, that's that, uh, that name, Sonny Page. Yeah, he owned the Nick's. That was uh, right behind that parking lot or something there on Stewart right. Street. Exactly. Yeah, did you guys ever do business? I never met the gentleman. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Great guy. He's a very classy yeah, guy. He's a great guy. like a George Raft. Yeah, good guy. Well, listen, let's play a little more music here. Uh, I'm in a mellow mood, so let's do a little uh, Cool in the Gang, Joanna. Ready? Yep. There we go. And get the Manhattans ready. Oh, yeah, I'll do some Manhattans.
You know, I'm sitting here and I'm imagining the club with all those couples. I mean, it was the perfect dating place. I mean, it was, you know, people came there, you know, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was the end of the week. You know, they had worked all week and they came in there to take the person that they were, you know, either in love with or married to or falling in love with or dating for the first time. I mean, for a first date, it was an absolute winner. <laughs> you couldn't take a, a chick to a better place than the sugar shack. <laughs> you know, atmosphere, amazing entertainment, phenomenal music, a place, and you're right, Rudy, you know, not only did the music put you in the mood, but you wanted to get close to the woman, and if it's a first date, you hear music like that. The the band takes a break after the first show. The lights go up a little bit, and the dance floor lights up, and you can get up on the stage and dance with that lady and get real close, real tight. Not like you're sitting in a movie theater or something. That's right, because uh, then you can get close to your partner or whatever. And uh, yeah, it started like, all up. Yep. Yeah, like uh, Debbie Debbie Freeman says, the yeah. one thing she liked yeah, the, it was the, sh the show she could get up and dance. Exactly. I mean, you had it all covered, Rudy. You know, it, it was yeah. very similar to the supper clubs. I mean, you didn't serve food, um, but it was. I don't remember food. I don't remember. You didn't have uh, like bar food or anything, right? Oh, after. Uh, along the way, I think about uh, two, three years later, we had uh, we had a dear friend of mine that uh, opened up a little thing back there, uh, back of the back bar. We uh, he he opened up a little uh, sandwich shop. Oh, okay. You know, and uh, he's doing pretty good with it. He's doing pretty good with yeah, it. I'll bet. Oh yeah, I'll bet the. Uh... Well, you know, again, you had it all. You had amazing atmosphere. I mean, it was uh, every night was showtime. Every night was showtime in the audience and on the stage. You couldn't go anywhere to see more amazing fashions and different than anywhere else in the world. And, uh, you know, amazing, incredible, beautiful people. It was, where was I? I've got a real estate uh, company helping me out with uh, my house. And uh, I was in there the other day, and I dropped the name Sugar Shack. And one of the ladies behind the counter, I said, do you remember it? She says, oh, I was there. And she, the other gal started <laughs> laughing. And she she said, she said, man, I got to tell you, those pimps were beautiful. <laughs> and she shook, she shook her hand and her head. And she just lit, her eyes went up in the back of her head. She says, "Man, they were handsome as hell." <laughs> and then she started to wave her hand like a yeah. She waved her hand like a fan, trying to cool herself off. <laughs> yeah, they were showing themselves. They were. It was unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, I can only imagine. The first time you saw that kind of crowd walk through, whether it was that uh, New Year's Eve or other, you must have said, <laughs> what the heck have I created? This is just amazing. <laughs> well, 
started I started to see something come together, and I yeah. started to appreciate it because uh, it looked like the people were enjoying themselves, and the crowd was coming together, and uh, it was catching on. You could see it was like a fire. It was just starting to spread. Well, you know, um, I'm a big, obviously, I'm a big believer in if things are supposed to happen, they'll happen. And when there's an energy that comes along that you can't even explain that makes it happen, and I'm convinced that not only is this movie part of that, but Sugar Shack itself was part of that, that uh, there's a bigger energy that's bigger than anything you can imagine that makes it all happen. I remember when I used to throw parties, and the Sugar Shack was my was my model for throwing a party. I have a my place is right here on the water in Southie, and it's only about 800 square feet. And I would uh, hire a band, seven piece band, and put them in the, right in front of the windows. There's a little alcove kind of thing there, and I would jam the place every day. I would say, "My God, I overinvited. I'll never be able to fit all the people in here." I used to walk around the apartment trying to count the space and be petrified and wondering if they'd show up and how would people get along. Well, I I got people so crowded together, they had no choice but to talk to each other. And as soon as the music started, everybody was touching and holding on in front of them, and everybody had no choice but to dance. And, yeah. and it was, you know, of course I had bands that played soul music and big band music and uh, you know, I had seven pieces. I had the whole. I had the band that emulated that beautiful sound, and you just would see. Once it started in motion, it was all up to. It was out of your control, and it took on a life of its own. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that must that's have right. been how you felt about the shack. And you know, once once you open the doors, then it was it was out of your control. <laughs> It was up to the band well, we and the started, audience. Right. We started to feel the thing developing into something, you know. Everybody thought I was yeah. crazy. My, uh, my two partners, especially one, the Peter Piamara, he thought I was a nut. I didn't know what I was doing. His friend uh, who ran the beach ball in uh, Revere on the beach. Right. Those were... He knows what he's doing, and he lost $75,000 the last year. <laughs> I said, how does he know what he's doing if he lost 75000 <laughs> Yeah, how does he know what he's doing? All right. I got the Manhattans lined up here. Let's, let's do that, all right? You got the, you got the Shining Star? Yeah, I got it.
You know, Rudy, I was just thinking last night, uh, of course, you know, I'm half Italian and I'm half Irish, and the Italians came in full force, and uh, one of the gals, uh, <laughs> one of the family, the Pasqueroses, uh, have a cousin who uh, is uh, dating the hitman. <laughs> So I got to talk no to them kidding. about uh what's that? You know, he was one of he was one of the great one of the greatest guys I ever met. I can't believe how he turned out to be like that, you know, because he he's so humble and so nice. You you just can't ex, you don't expect it. You know that <laughs> it must have been the yeah. other side of him. Well they you always careful of the Right. Be careful of the quiet guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only was he quiet, he was like a gentleman at all times. It was unbelievable. I mean, he was, he was a guy you would really want to root for, you know? He had, uh, he had a little, he had a lot of magic, not a little. He had a lot of magic to him. You know? Well, you and, know, he uh, must because, uh, because my, I guess cousin one, cousin removed. She's gorgeous, and she's a charmer herself, and she had to fall for something, you know. And uh, But, uh, you know, I'm thinking, I'm sitting listening to that song, and I'm imagining all these big tough guys sitting there between the pimps and the gangsters and killers. And, and when this music comes on, these guys are sitting there. <laughs> listening to this beautiful music <laughs> and getting mellowed out by it. And my daughter never realized my daughter always says that I'm taking away my thing that I did and I said, I'm not taking away nothing. I'm just trying to say the way it developed that the music I still believe in it that got everybody tranquilized. You didn't need drugs oh, when you were in there. The music exactly. took the place of the stuff. Everybody was yeah, in a happy yep. mood. Yep. Which I still today cannot believe. We had killers in there that uh, must have been 10, 12 strong some night. Or 15, a whole bunch of them were in there at one time. And not an explosion. I cannot believe it. Yep. Uh, well, I was, that's you know, I developed my, right. I developed my street smarts on the streets of Roxbury, and man, I could sense danger, you know, was two miles away. My, I already had my antennae up, and I would go into that club, and I sensed it. I knew I, there were some bad dudes in that place. You'd have to be an idiot not to know it. And every night, I told you, I was the same as you. I said, part of the fun was, is, is are we going to get through the night without somebody taking out a gun? and starting a real shootout. You know something, with my knowledge, I would never go in a place like that knowing that all those guys were there. (laughs) (laughs) You had to think that one of them was going to think on on some kind of sucker, whatever you want to call them, you know. Hey, you looking at me in the wrong way, or you disrespecting me. Or or who you talking to, that's my girl. Yeah, who are you talking to? You look at that's my woman. Yeah, yeah all kinds of shit. Right, you've been looking. 
Oh yeah, amazing. I'll tell you, I've I've always looked at situations. If they're bad, why go in there? You know, <laughs> is that? <laughs> That's the, exactly. one, that's, the, that's the fear that I had when the thing started to develop. My God, I'm telling you, the FBI used to be in there almost every night. Every night. <laughs> so just imagine. Oh, I, I did. I mean, I was there. That would be part of the fun. It was like It was like going into a... Um, you know, a, a, the crazy house at the amusement park. You know, you you go in there and you go. That's why people go to see the haunted house at Halloween. You go in and you go, oh my God, something, anything could happen here, and that's part of the excitement. We're going to make it in and out without getting hurt. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the people used to rush in there. One day they went through the glass door upstairs. We had a, a big glass door. <laughs> Right through the door. They used to rush to get in there. And I used to say to myself, I wouldn't go in here sometimes with that bunch. <laughs> but you're right. The music was so good. The acts was, the acts were so good. You know, it's remember the uh, I played. Uh, we played an audio clip. Uh, from the woman who said that um, when the OJs were on stage and Eddie Levert stepped off um, that night, all the street guys, she called them all the street guys, and, uh, you know, they um, they all stepped aside. I can't hear you too good. What, what, what happened oh, when I the OJ just... What, what happened? I'm trying to find it. Yeah, the gal said that uh, she was in the audience and uh, the uh, OJs, Eddie Levert, stepped off the stage and there was a bunch of uh, what she called street people. And they were blocking the uh, stage. They were standing there watching the stage and Eddie decided to come off stage, and these guys all made a pop. They all stepped aside to let Eddie sing uh, Stairway to Heaven. And, oh. um, yeah, they just, you know, they just, everybody respected what those uh, what those entertainers came to do. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I can't even say I'm sorry. I mean, that nothing, none of that stuff was filmed. It was so yeah, remarkable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It could have been, we could have been billionaires today, believe me. It was unbelievable. Oh, well, yeah. look at, yeah. look at what happened with this guy, uh, Levinsky there. He came out with a program, My Music. It was all soul. He started with all the soul acts. And he made a big yeah. success. So yep. just just imagine, we haven't scratched the surface yet. He scratched it uh, because he had uh, he had vision of probably the music that he was probably fascinated with, and exactly. he turned it into money. And, uh, well, he must well, have had a connection yeah. channel. You know, somebody must have sponsored him. You know, to put those shows oh, together. Of course. That's all right. I feel well, like we got, uh, we got away for our angel. 
Well, exactly. You know, I uh, you talk about the Al Jolson story and how it changed. You know, I, I'm always looking at what. Uh, oh, here we go. Got a second? I'm going to play this right now. Hang on. Yeah. Okay. Tell your story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell this story. Just this story. Start over again. Okay. At the Sugar Shack, seeing the OJs. Nightlife was out. Pimps was out. Street was out. Eddie started singing Stairway to Heaven. There were stairs on each side of the stage. Stage was stage was only like two feet high, I believe, if that. Eddie got into a groove. And the the way the the way the club was, the nightlife folks ruled. When I say nightlife, I, I have to say street folks. And the men, they didn't move out of the way for anybody. Eddie started singing. Got so good to him, he left the stage. Still singing. Walking and singing, Stairway to Heaven. He went down the stairs singing. No microphone. Just his natural voice. I can see it now. Head to the ceiling, just singing. He made a path. He was singing. Pimps got out the way. It was like Moses parting the waters. And he sang. Eddie walked down those stairs singing. Walked across the back singing Stairway to Heaven. Walked back up the other stairs singing Stairway to Heaven. And made a path. And then got back to the microphone and continued to sing. That was awesome. Because these street folks knew they had to give Eddie respect. Because he was singing from his heart. I'll never forget it. Truly. Night at the Shack. Night at the Shack. I got more night. Ooh, that was good. But that. <laughs> Where'd you there get you go, that Rudy. from? George, George gave us that. He uh, he was uh, filming a lady uh, for another thing, and the Sugar Shack came up, as always, and she decided to tell that story. He didn't get, Unfortunately, he didn't get it on film, but we got the audio, and we can just match it with some pictures of Eddie. Yeah. And some, you do that. Attach it to the... Yeah, we'll put that in the film. There you have it. There you have it. That we got remember that 50, 50 years ago that I happened, Rudy, and she remembered. Right. We got to put that uh, Wayne Cochran thing with uh, Jackie Gleason. We both saw the same oh, thing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what started it. You know, and I was saying, you, know, you were talking about the Al Jolson story. And I love to see, that's why I, I love the Bugsy movie, because Bugsy was a dreamer, a visionary, an entrepreneur. And I watched Spencer Tracy do Edison. And Edison was about a week away. And uh, he finally went to a guy that he didn't like for the money. And he said, what would you wait so long for? Why didn't you come to me earlier? And he says, I kept waiting for him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
The guy said to him, he says, what do you want? He goes, I want 50000 He says, I'll give you 100 He says, terrific. He says, but from now on, you work for me. You make what I tell you to make. And uh, Edison looked at him and said, I'd rather, I'd rather die. He said, you keep your money. He says, I'd rather go out of business. And he had a wife and two kids, and he had about 30 people on his payroll. And he went back, and that was the day, night he discovered the uh, gramophone. <laughs> and the rest was history. Yeah, well, and, that's uh, it. It takes, one, it takes one move, and then the uh, the other projects all fall in place. Exactly. You know, so, uh, a Sugar Shack... A Sugar Shack musical on Broadway will live forever. If the music is lived for 50 years, our musical will live forever. That, that Broadway show will be there forever. Well, and plus we got the stories. It's not just the music, it's the stories. We got the stories about Wilson Pickett and, uh, you know, we, we got uh, stories about Teddy Pendergast and we got... All the great characters. We got Woody and running out of the office because he didn't want to hear the Italian, whether somebody accused him of speaking Italian or not. And uh, I mean, <laughs> and of course, George Clinton. The George Clinton scene has got to be twenty minutes long because it will bring the house down. <laughs> yeah. <that's cool. laughs> well, let's play still a little doing it. to heaven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ready? A little stairway to heaven after that. Yeah. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go.
Good show. Appreciate it, man.